When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swallow your pride, there's nowhere to hide. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we're still unbreakable. What is up guys, Ashley Horner here. I'm super excited to have my good friend on today, Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn Neville is a father, he's a social media influencer, outdoorsman, firearms enthusiast, and an off-roading fanatic. He is known as, you guys probably see him on social media, at the man spot. He is hilarious. So go check him out on Instagram, uh, Facebook. He has over 1.2 million followers. Uh, he's a self-proclaimed patriot. His content frequently covers topics including firearms, homesteading in Montana, um, and so much more. He's as real as real can get. He's doing it as a father, um, as an outdoorsman. So check him out on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Dude, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Thanks for coming on today and being my guest. What's going on? Oh, you know, just sitting in the woods in Montana having a coffee. You know. Yeah. What's the weather out there right now? You know, today we actually have the sun. It's a very rare occasion because where I'm at, there's so many lakes and there's so much mm-hmm. here that it's kind of like Seattle. So it's it's overcast a lot. Mm. So are you a big like snowboarder? Do you do um, what do you call it? like when you walk through the snow on the um, the snow snowshoes? Oh yeah, yeah. The shoes that are for snow. <laughs> do you guys do that? A lot of adventuring. Because I want to, I want to, I want to talk about. Well, are you from Montana? No, I'm originally from Idaho. Okay, so I think that's like similar. I I mean, I've been up to Montana. I saw um, Dana and um, her husband like a couple months ago. Yeah, that was my first time ever, ever in Montana. I, I, so I didn't get to. I think I flew into Killspell. Is that the the main hub out there? So I flew into Killspell. Yeah. Um. So because now you know you're you're out in Montana. Originally, you were from. Idaho. Yes. Idaho. And so now we're out in the back country of Montana. Yeah. So how, like, how did that come about? Um, yeah. So it was kind of just a, a series of events because when I grew up in Idaho, my dad worked for the forest service, uh, during the summer. Oh, okay. So, you know, coincidentally, Smokey the Bear's birthday is on my birthday. So I always felt uh-huh. special, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So my dad would put up the prevent forest fires you know, in the middle of the mountains, you know, those just random, random stakes. And then there's a sign that says only you can prevent forest fires. So I always felt mm-hmm. like there was a special connection to nature <laughs> and kind of the forest and that aspect. So I always told myself, I am going to live in the forest one day. That is my goal. Uh-huh. I have a lot of land, forest, and I'm going to raise my kid the way um, I, because I didn't have a lot of land growing up. It was just a small traditional house. Sure. Out of Sun Valley, Idaho. Sure. And and uh, anyways, I, I just told myself I was going to raise my kids that way. So through a long series of events, grew up in Idaho, 
for 19 years. And then I kind of moved off and started doing my own thing. And I was actually a door-to-door salesman for uh, 11 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I, I know you, a lot of people know you well on Instagram at the man spot as, I mean, you're hilarious. And like the content that you put out, like, I mean, you're definitely like a bona fide fitness influencer or just social media influencer. Trying. So <laughs> you're trying. So, it, regardless of anything else, you know? Yeah. So, well, how did that, like, how did your career kind of trans like transition? You know, you're a door-to-door salesman in Idaho and then, you know, now you have like, you have over like 1.2 million followers collectively all throughout, you know, all the social media channels. So like how, like how, like how was the transition of just being a door-to-door salesman? And then you're like, okay, like, you know, I kind of want to like build my social media platform and entertain people. Yeah. So entertainment was always this kind of a big thing that I absolutely love to do. And obviously to make people laugh. So when sure. I, uh, doing door-to-door sales, you know, I, I do it in the summer times and then I had a house in Salt Lake city. So I would live somewhere in another city or another state for like five to seven months out of the year. So I've lived in, uh, you know, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Tennessee, Florida, Ohio, you know, uh, the big, just so- belt. Is kind so of- you would, you would, that's when you'd like walk around, like literally a door to door salesman. Yep. What were you selling? Uh, alarm systems. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. You don't really see that too much anymore. People walking around like that's like the true blue collar way. Yeah. Were you, were you pretty successful at like, yeah, yeah. I was, did you just yeah. try, you should have just tried to like break into people's houses and be like, yo, what's <laughs> up? Like you obviously need an alarm system. <laughs> you're, you're, you're causing the need for this yeah. product. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So that, yeah, I, I guess that, you know, I would find myself in the middle of like a place called like Natchez, Mississippi. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the, the neighborhood that I was done knocking in, it would be up and I'd have to wait for, you know, our, our ride. And I'd find these like historic markers in like these little podunk places. And I'd read these historic markers and I'd be like, holy cow. The, there was a huge civil war battle that happened mm-hmm. here and nobody freaking knows. So I really started okay. growing an appreciation for history, American history in that regard. And uh, I guess that's kind of where I really developed my personal relationship of patriotism with sure. our history, is everywhere I would knock, I would try to find like the history markers in that area. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so my transition from becoming extremely patriotic to creating my channel was kind of all in all in one. Um, so I, I used to do these little skits back in the day. Instagram only had 15 seconds to put it. I know. Isn't that crazy? Seconds. Yeah. They've had, we had it so hard back in the day to like get our message out. We, they didn't even have videos for us in the beginning and dude, like, yeah. yeah, OG, OG, like social media influence. Yeah. I mean now like these kids have like a minute and a half to get out whatever they need to get out. Whatever they want. Time to kill. Yeah, yeah, all the time in the world. You could film like a short movie with that much time. Jeez oh, Louise. Exactly. So uh, that's that's kind of, I would fit so much into these little skits and people would be like, what did I just watch? And then it had to do with patriotism, uh, you know, gun, being a gun. Sure. And just, you know, that kind of uh, humor. Because, you know, yes. a lot of, yeah, so that's kind of where it started off uh, with my kind of social media part-time career as a door-to-door salesman. Mm-hmm. So you have a pretty big, you have a pretty big gun collection, um, which I really admire. I see your gun collection. I'm like, wow, like I need to add like a few, like 20 to my, uh, lineup. 
Start so stack it. Huh? Start stacking. Stack it? I know. I need to. So like how like with your collection, did you did you start like at a young age, like collecting like these guns and everything that you have and just like did it kind of build up? Because it's kind of like a passion thing for you, right? So yeah. was this like when did that start happening? When did you start collecting all your firearms? I think when I was nine years old, I was a, oh, okay. a Boy Scout and they had uh. Autorama tickets. And I literally remember sitting outside the grocery store and the biggest prize for whoever sold the Autorama tickets was a 22 rifle. Wow. Freaking got that rifle. So, <laughs> so nice. Dude, out- time, times have changed. That's a real giveaway. They don't do that anymore. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. I am. Um, so, okay. So you, so you did the door to door salesman stuff and then you kind of got into like your social media, like just building um your content and stuff so when did you when did you decide to make the transition out to montana because i think also what's like incredible about like your story and and you're also a father you have three crazy little hellions and you're basically doing exactly what you said that you were going to do many years ago raise them out in the wilderness in montana so i kind of want to talk about that like how is that um I know a lot of families are maybe they're not able to completely go the the homesteading route, but they're wanting to implement a lot of uh, different things that kind of come with like the the homesteading, like you know what you do. But what are some of the things that you do out there with your with your? First of all, how old are your kids? Because they're little. Oh, hold on one second. Speaking of, hold on, buddy. Hi. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Here's here's a. Uh... Here we can push pause in the record, but here's one of them. Okay. Hold on. Oh, hi. Have you been eating something blue? Um, a laffy taffy or a sucker? The sucker. A sucker. It was it a blue sucker or a purple sucker? A blue sucker. A blue sucker. Go, buddy. Yeah, I guess that. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. Okay. So, um, time in. Uh, so. I'll fast, I'll rewind a little bit and then fast forward. Um, so when I had 60,000 followers, I had like two kind of brand deals going. One of them was Black Rifle Coffee with Evan Hafer. And um, I became a, kind of a, that's when I decided to break away at 60,000 followers. I was like, I don't know, I don't care how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. So anyways, then I went back to Salt Lake City, started influencing full time. And then that's when I got a media team, content team. I had a warehouse and I really started ripping with that. And then um, my wife at the time, I told her, I was like, we, we need to eventually move. Sure. And, uh, rebel, rebel, baby, I told you, I'm, okay? It's working. You need to go in there, okay? Go in there. Daddy's coming, okay? I know. Here. <laughs> Love you. Okay. I love you. I'll be out there soon. You know how it is. I thought I had them all taken care of for an hour. I know. Yeah, no, it's it's easy to edit all that out, so you're good. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so <laughs> Okay guys, you guys gotta be out of here, okay? Just leave daddy so I can finish my work, okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> You like hit mute. You hit mute. This would be, I'd hit mute and I'd be like, if I have to tell you one more time to get out of here. Like, okay, mommy is back. All right. Where were we? My boys are old. My kids are older though. I, they know better. You whipped them into shape. Yeah. Good. Um, all right. Time in. So boom. 
So living in Salt Lake City, I had a media team, and then obviously COVID kind of happened. And uh, when COVID happened, that kind of obviously for everybody, it kind of changed the dynamic. But Salt sure. City, we had an earthquake also at that like early COVID stages. And uh, I had a house kind of up on the hill and uh, I was building like my dream deck. I had like this huge timber frame deck around the whole house that looked like something from a ski resort. Mm-hmm. It was like dialed in. And uh, my wife at the time was like, hey, we need to uh, we need to move because I'm still kind of feeling nauseous and like aftershocks. And and there's no worse time for us to move because, you know, I was like like the peak of like my, you know, what I was building, the career, the house. Sure. And I said I was thinking more five years. But if I have your support now to move, oh, we're moving. So I attempted to, you know, find a place in Idaho. But um, then I was just like, okay, well, if not Idaho, let's check out Montana. So we drove up Montana, kind of just felt it. And we were like, yep, this feels right. And within, I'd say, four months, packed everything up, house was for sale, and we, were, we, we moved. Like, it happened wow. fast, really fast. So we were in a really uh, just small rental, and I was thinking temporary. I was like, okay, within three months, we're going to get into a house, we're, and sure. then we're going to start the machine up again. And uh, we couldn't find a house at all anywhere. And uh, I guess kind of at that point, I was like, that's it. I'm just going to buy this land and I'm going to homestead and do it all. Because my, mm. my, uh, and through this process, of course, it was getting pretty, pretty rocky with the marriage. So uh, our sure. marriage did not make it at that point of moving to Montana. So we got a divorce and that happened pretty quick as well. That was like a three to five week divorce, which was completely finalized. So that happened quick. And, you know, before I know it, I'm just in an RV in the middle of the woods and I'm just like, okay, we're doing doing it. So, so how has that been? Like now that you're out in Montana and like, how long have you been out in an RV now? Yeah. So I've been in an RV now for gosh, almost a year. Okay. Be a year that I've just been. (laughs) Do you love it? I love it. I love it. You do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like one of those things where it's just like, I've never worked so hard to live so poor. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't see any cars, don't see any neighbors. It's just the wilderness out there. Yeah. And it's, there's, a, there's an inner peace that you kind of find out there that you can't get anywhere else. And you kind of really learn a lot more about yourself forcefully almost being alone. And, sure. it, and as you know, there's a lot of power you know, between yeah. getting to know yourself and being comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, um, you, you know, always being from Idaho and, and moving out to Montana, like, do you just feel like everything, obviously I feel like everything always happens for a reason, but, um, what do you hope to like accomplish or like achieve out there with the homesteading and, and the land? Do you, cause it's, it's like a fresh start for you. Yeah. Yeah. It- definitely a fresh start. And I've thought about maybe offering maybe two to three times a year, kind of a kind of offering like a retreat for people or kind of trying to find themselves, whether it be, you know, going, they went through a divorce or, you know, they're just having a midlife crisis or whatever it may be. I want to do like kind of a offer some classes and some groups out there to Uh teach people. Okay. Here's a chainsaw. We're going to teach you how to cut down a tree with your hand and you're going to harvest this tree yourself and you're going to cut it up. You're going to brand a cow. Um, you know, so there's going to be different aspects that I want to offer to people 
and also just make sure it's like a spiritual revival within themselves sure. of finding that inner power that everybody has. So that's yeah. one thing I'd like to share with people on the property. And obviously being in the gun industry, there's two things I always wanted to be able to do. And that was to shoot off my porch and pit <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Sounds like you're in a really great place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, um, so go ahead. And, and obviously content. So I'll also make like four different gun ranges on the property as well. And honestly, the biggest thing I've, I've always wanted my social media to be from day one was uh, to show people a different way to live. So that's sure. where so much of my life because it's a different way you can choose to live. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you have like this, this desire to bring people to your homestead and like this vision. But do, have you ever thought about coaching people on social media, like how to build content? Um, I mean, your stuff is really unique, like how you do it. But have you ever thought, um, like, has that ever been like a desire for you to like, <clears throat> excuse me, like teach other people? Yeah, I actually have thought about getting into the coaching aspect of things. And uh, one of the things I was thinking about getting into first was called constitutional coaching. Huh. And from there. What is that? What is that about? Um, so constitutional coaching is about the inner depths of our freedoms and um, how far we've come and how we've been indoctrinated to think sure. we're free, but really open people's eyes up to what freedom truly is and what mm -hmm. our, uh, I guess, founding fathers had created versus where we're mm -hmm. at now. So yeah. and a little aspect that will be like, what is considered a tax and what is necessary and how we've been mm -hmm. kind of brainwashed to think like, oh, like, example and people lose their minds about this all the time kind of like your driver's license and mm -hmm. registering your vehicle is a tax like oh yeah i didn't know that yeah as a part of the constitution we have the freedom to travel freely amongst the roadways and the highways mm -hmm. and the only people who should have a driver's license are uh, truck drivers and taxi drivers because they're actually making an income on the road the rest uh. of us are able to travel freely amongst uh the roads and i know some or like, well, you need a driver's license to show people that you can drive. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can take right. show you can drive, but you don't have to keep on year after year after year. So sure, that's just a, an example of what um what we'll be teaching in, in the constitutional coaching class and uh, content coaching. I think it, it has been something I've wanted to do. I guess sure. it's like I have all these props. I, I used to have a warehouse of props and everything along those lines. Right now, all yeah, where is all of that? all in containers so i have to, yeah the um, containers that i see you standing on out there yep and i'm just i'm just a, oh, I'm just a hoarder who can't get rid of it. it's just yeah up there yeah no i love that it's so oh, i i don't even know you probably can't even like answer this question but i mean it is crazy to think like you know how like even our education system was back like when when we were going through elementary school and middle school and high school and i cannot I can't think what it's going to be like when my kids' kids are going through the education system or, you know, if if we don't become aware of, like, some of the stuff that you were talking about, like, what is it going to be like for them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's It becomes, just like I said, more of indoctrination. Sure. Like, it is, and people don't really realize the difference. They're like, well, what, what terms of indoctrination? A part of that is, like, that they stop teaching cursive. Like people can't even read, our kids won't even be able to read the Oh my gosh. You know that? Yeah, that's crazy because my, my son who is, um, he's 13 
and he's always um it, it is it's kind of like a funny joke now just for him personally but he's battled with dyslexia and i'm not saying that it's funny if anybody has dyslexia it's just we make light of the situation at home um <clears throat> And so he was always kind of delayed in his handwriting. His handwriting was always like, it wasn't ever neat. But they, he, we were just talking about this yesterday, how he doesn't know how to write in cursive. And I was like, I was like, you, are you like just choosing not to write in cursive? And he was like, no, like I was never taught how to write in cursive. And I think that there's so many things that happen in the school system. It's like, I mean, take me for example, right? Like, things things change like we have to be so diligent as parents to say and i know that your kids are younger and you're probably you're gonna homeschool your kids is that correct or you do homeschool your kids now that's the goal like when i build yeah. like my goal is to be like okay we're we're homeschooling and sure and even then it will kind of ch change into like a community thing because since i live so far out there there's a few other families that have kids so i think uh... it means of like trying to get the kids together and be like i'll have them for two or three days you have them for a day or two, you know, kind of break it up like that community. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just so much like, it, it's scary to think it's really scary to think like when like our kids are our age or like when they start having kids, like what it's going to really be like for them. And it truly is up to us now, our generation, this generation, like not only do we need to be a voice, but we have to teach our kids right now, like the true principles behind the founding fathers and everything and the democracy and everything, or all of that's literally going to be lost or changing the history books as we speak. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Oh, exactly. Like, and people are just being accustomed to being like surveillance. It's like, we are watching you. And no matter what you do, you are always being watched. And sure changes your mindset can you truly be who you want to be if you're continuously watched right but no. yeah like you said teaching those fundamentals to our kids is mm -hmm. of the utmost importance and uh, mm -hmm. right now our generation has to take a stand and choose to make sure that these principles are taught versus letting us go along with media and whatever's going on Mm -hmm. Um, do you have like principles or anything that you teach your kids now? I know that they're so young, but even like, can you give parents like an example of like some of like the routine things or anything that you do with your kids or like what that you hope to do with them when they get a little bit older? Oh yeah. Like for me, it's like second nature, but for other, sure. it might be like a bigger, a bigger thing. And whether you believe spirituality, like a lot of people have that belief in God, but they don't go to church. And uh, I'd say the biggest thing to do to really teach your kids, you know, some sort of having a relationship with God or developing their spirituality would be like, hey, we're just going to bless the food. And and then they just get used to that higher power. And sure. it's just one of those small little things where my kids now look forward to it, like, oh, who's going to say the prayer today? Mm -hmm. And then I transitioned from doing that to family prayer. So right before we go to bed, it's kind of like a bonding moment going over the day, what we're grateful for. And just setting up that core principles of having that spiritual belief, which also helps them out, too, because if they, you know, I'm in a I switch into Airbnbs once in a while. If it gets too cold on the property when I have my kids during the winter, mm. 
and they'll be like, dad, there's a, there's something scary in the closet or the bed. And I'll tell them, I was like, okay, we'll say a prayer and then you'll be able to go to sleep. So it's just one of those things that I find that, that helps them out. And another example would be like gun safety. Like my kids mm -hmm. flat out know not to touch daddy's guns. They're in a sure. safe place. And those are fundamental principles that are, are taught. And then they, they kind of ask questions about guns. And then that's kind of when I also teach them, you know, we're really lucky to have these guns to protect mm -hmm. ourselves from bad people. So, mm -hmm. and it, again, it's just one of those things where they're going to think it's like second nature to have guns in the homes where other people are teaching their kids. No, we don't. Right. They're scary, bad things. Yeah. Yeah. They do bad things to people when it's not the gun that's doing bad things to people. It's the people who are doing bad things to people. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the, that is the story and that, you know, we have to start teaching our kids like the real the real truth of what's happening here with our society. Um, what do you like? So I, I can hear how passionate you are, like about just your kids. Um, what do you love most about being a father? I guess it's being able to, I guess, because I love my dad. Like, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. I love love my mm -hmm. old. But he's just truly taught me a lot of what not to be if that makes sense. And because sure. he, because we grew up in a very, just uh, such a religious family that it, it just caused this feeling of self-doubt. And I didn't want to go with the poor beliefs of how they were raising us and just the self-doubts I had because I didn't feel like I was good enough. So for me, the most important thing about being a, a dad is just to let my kids feel loved no matter what. And mm -hmm. just to let them feel good that, hey, even if you think a different way, daddy is still here to love you and support you. And I guess it's just giving them that opportunity to realize that they can accomplish anything they want in their life. And sure. dad's going to be there to support them throughout through the whole thing. So I guess for me, it's like really exciting to see them grow and develop their own personalities and how I can just kind of help feed their personality. Laugh at their jokes, even if I don't know what's funny or what they're doing, but yeah. minds develop. Sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, it's such a great, like a, a, great like all the stages are great and i now it's crazy like i have um two teenagers which is crazy i'm like i don't even know how like i'm like able to be responsible for these kids um but it's like i it's kind of you know as the stages of just childhood like continue to evolve it's like i was so scared of you know when they were going to be like eight and nine you know just that weird like because i have all boys you know yeah. Just that like weird, like gross boy age. And I really enjoyed it. And then like, you know, once we got there, it was like, oh my gosh, I was like so terrified of like the teenagers, the teenage years. But what I have really found is just like the value of being, ha being able to have like a more mature relationship, uh, like with your, with your child. And I've always been extremely, extremely close to, to my boys. Like we've, we've been through a lot, but I really just give them the freedom of like, just kind of going out and do it, you know, exploring and, and, um, just, I'll say a personal example, me outside of looking into your kids from what you've shared on social media, <clears throat> your boy wanted a, a kitten. I believe it was, like, <laughs> yeah. how are we going to catch that cat? And he's like, a. and then one of your teenage boys was like, that's, ex that's right. That's exactly going to work. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're going to get a lollipop to catch yeah. this kitten. I'm like, all right, like, let's do it. Let's get a lollipop. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just so magical. And like, I, I feel so fortunate and I'm sure that, you, you know, you feel the same of being able to 
have a job and to create this like online social media platform to where it is extremely flexible and you can include, you know, your kids if you want to, and they can be a part of your story and you can use that story to help, um, inspire others and help shape their lives of their perceptions of, you know, the, the things that you're doing with the two a stuff, the guns, the firearms, um, the homesteading, I think it's all like extremely inspiring. Yeah. And people love to see like during the summertime, especially because me and my kids will go shed hunting. And for those who don't know where sheds are, it's antlers that elk and deer and moose shed off. My kids love looking for those in the woods. And I'd say we do that probably three, three days a week in the summertime. Oh, that's so fun. Sheds. And then they kind of just learn about nature while we're in there. And the amount of messages that I get of just inspiring people to do the same their kids outdoors away from you know pads and video games that it's it's amazing to see that ripple effect of me just sharing that little aspect of my life and what it does for other people yeah um have there been any crazy stories of you guys out on like around the homestead and like running into like dangerous snakes or anything yet yeah have you you have some uh neighbors out there some uh grizzly bears yep we we ran into a grizzly bear me and the three Mm. But uh, it was a smaller grizzly, probably his first year on his own. Mm. But when I kind of was trying to identify if it was a grizzly or a black bear, that's when it stood up and I was like, oh, that's a little grizzly. But he he took off. But oh. no, grizzlies will square up with you, whereas black bears, they're just typically bigger, bigger dogs. Sure. Mama bear. Then then mm. you're like, let's get the uh, out. Uh, but uh-huh. But yeah, on the property, I've got cougars, bobcats, foxes, wolverines. Uh, There's a pack of wolves that come around probably every three to four weeks. So when I hear when I hear them howl, I just get a big smile on my face because I'm like, yeah, they're back. (laughs) Yeah, that's so crazy. Like, do they get into any of your stuff? Like, do they do anything to your property or get into your trash? They, I I expected more of them to go through my trash. Raccoons. They'll go through my sure. like anywhere else. But the wolves, uh, I thought they would actually come and I'd see more mm-hmm. track. They're mm-hmm. like, uh, we're, we're, we're staying away from that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've had a problem with elk because I put hay under my RV for mm-hmm. And uh, I came home one day and there were like eight elk just eating. <laughs> uh, that's crazy yes the elk were, and that's that's how much snow i get up there so yeah the more it snows the harder it is for these uh, animals to dig in and, and find food but yeah they were all just eating my house and i was like those oh are my pa- gosh this is powerful pa- <laughs> 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 and this is probably a silly question but you do you hunt right yeah do you yeah, do hunting i haven't hunted on my property yet but okay. I'll, I'll be a regular hunter on there Okay. How can, is there a reason why you haven't hunted yet? I guess it's on just, your property. Yeah. It's just kind of been my transition, the transition that yeah. I'm through. It's like, could I harvest an elk? Yes. Do I have a refrigerator big enough to keep all the meat? Mm. The means of like, I will, but I'm just trying to get all situated right now. For sure. So what is, um, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind for your kids? Uh, I guess the biggest legacy is to let them know they're, like, because the property I'm building is a legacy property for them, and everything that's yeah. in the world right now, they you know it's just so much of the unknown. So the legacy property to me is to always give them a place of peace and mm-hmm. happiness. That no matter what's going on in the world, 
they can come out there and they can find their own inner peace and it mm -hmm. will almost be like a sanctuary. Mm. So I guess that's the biggest legacy that I want, Phys physical legacy I want to leave with sure. them. And then also teaching them individually that they can accomplish anything that they want to. And there aren't mm. any, the only restriction that they have is just what's up here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you going to name your homestead something? I feel like it needs... I, yeah. I grew up I grew up on Rock and D Ranch. That was my ranch that I grew up on. I had like we would brand our cattle with the Rock and D. Like I don't know I don't know that I don't know who came up with that name, but that was the ranch that I grew up on. <laughs> yeah, I've been going back and forth with some names. I thought about yeah, mit, like mit, like Mississippi Pine Ranch or I why? But you're in Montana. I know. That's the thing is people are like, what's Mississippi and Montana? That's, and I think because I, I love Mississippi because of <laughs> because of the relationship of my country that I developed there because of the war history. Or I've thought about calling it like triple, triple arrow ranch, you know, mm. arrows for my kids. You know, they're an arrow each. The three different paths you can take in life, you know. So sure. But <laughs> if you ever were to add another one ever on down the road, you never but know exactly what i thought too i was like mm. ah what if i marry somebody who has another kid or we have mm. another kid so that's mm. why it hasn't been determined yeah. as of yet oh, i can see i can see that <laughs> yeah i have um i have memories when i was little of um branding our cattle um and like in the summertime that's what i did like i never went to like summer camps of course you branded cattle look at you you're just like yep. <laughs> yeah well, you know, I, it wasn't, I wasn't like a professional brander or anything, but that was that the, if you ask me like, it what was, are my memories? <laughs> what? It was a hobby. You branded cattle as a summer hobby. It was, it was my hobby. <laughs> um, but like I can, I can say like my, my fondest, my greatest memory when I look back and I'm like, what is it that defined my childhood? It was out on the ranch working. It was, it was, it was doing the fence line with my dad. It was out there doing hay, hay bales with my with my mom and my dad. And it was branding the cattle. Those are those are the staple things that I remember. Everything else, like, I mean, I don't even know if we went on vacations. Really, if we did, I don't remember. I just remember we we worked on the farm. We worked on the ranch, and um, those like, I just know like how you're raising your kids. Like, I'm so envious of that lifestyle um, because I wish like if I could go back and like do it over again. I just like, our kids are so innocent, like for only so long. And it's like, there's so much out there on like the, just the internet and the interwebs. And it's a different, different animal these days. And like, if I could go back and like start over and like raise my kids in the middle of the foothills, like away from everybody, I, I just can't imagine how it would just be so different. It'd be an experience for sure. But I know that how you're raising your kids and, and everything that you're doing, like they're going to remember that they're going to remember that and have that as the foundations for everything else that they go out and do. Yeah. And uh, I, a lot of people ask me all the time, kind of where they can start doing something similar with their kids, depending on people's situations, because it can be very daunting trying to give something to your kids. And what I tell people all the time, you know, Giving some, giving your time to your kids is probably the best thing you can ever do. And where that time is spent is going to be the second most important thing. So I tell people, start off little. I'm like, make one drive a week, you know, somewhere that you've never, maybe even gone before and just have those experiences with your kids. So maybe it's driving out of the city, going on a trail hike or something like that. Just taking that little time with your kids and doing something new 
is some place that people can start of wanting and doing something to raise their kids better than they've actually thought about. So just like you said, if you could start over, you're doing a phenomenal job with your kids. But I think mm. that's it, it's and it's still not too late for a lot of people who think, oh, sure. it's too late. It's, it's still not too late. It's just setting those little goals of doing mm -hmm. something with your kids that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that you're going to have, um, I know this is probably a few years down the road, um, you know, because you have, you're a big social media influencer, you have a big social media following. So like now when, when your kids, like, you know, in a few years, like whenever they start saying like, Oh dad, like I want my Instagram or, you know, your girls are like, Oh, can I get Snapchat? Like, how are you, how do you think you're going to combat that? Or maybe like, is there any advice that you have for parents, um, now who are probably like, oh, like, like, what, like, how do you, how, like, I mean, like, how everybody has social media. So how do you set up those boundaries? Yeah, I, so my little, my little, he, he's my oldest boy. His name, his Instagram handle is the little spot. Oh, so he was he born, one. I kind of made an Instagram. He's got, okay. like, he's got like 20,000 followers. Okay. And uh, so sometimes, and it, I used to just take pictures of this baby and, baby thoughts so i would just sure. that are going on inside his head so now that he's getting into social media like i'm like okay you can look at social media but you can't do it without me i have to be right beside you yes scrolling through and seeing things like that so so the that's the number one rule you can't have social media without daddy right beside you and uh because for me it's you want them to develop their personalities and you can't escape technology sure so I sure. the biggest thing is you have to make sure you monitor it. Uh, don't be afraid of it, but also make it make it a place for them to express themselves, whether it be showing pictures of their art, whether it be animals. My kid, yeah. that's how he's expressed more things. He's like, Daddy, how do I post this? And he's seven years old. And he's like, how do I post this? I'm just like, oh, geez, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like baby boxes is what he loves to post. So say, yeah, I'd say don't run from it. But they accept it and be the master of it because if you don't then somebody else will whether it be mm. you know at school or something along those lines because i mean it is it is going to be a future so that i would even say for some parents make it for them now and make an opportunity for them later on mm -hmm. if they so choose sure because, as you know whether it be business whether it be personal self-branding is something mm -hmm. everybody you know will be a part of yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's so true. Man, I didn't I didn't realize your little boy was seven because Otto just Otto just turned eight and he has a he has an Instagram. He's not ever on his Instagram because it's well, I have it. But that um that's so cool because like I'm I'm pretty restrictive too on what my eight year old he uh, he's like hardly ever on it. But um my older ones, though, like once they're teenagers, you know, they're just they're kind of they're kind of out there doing it. You just got to give them the best advice that you can, you know, and, and help guide them. <laughs> the guy, I think the biggest, the key there. And as long as you're not afraid of that. Sure. You're parenting, right? Sure. Sure. Well, Hey dude, thank you so much for coming on the reborn podcast today. Um, it was awesome getting to know you and like really seeing into your life and, and having you on the show today. So. Hey, thanks for having me. And we all appreciate what you're doing. Oh, thank you. One of the kids. Is this another one? Yeah. Oh. nowhere. Oh, hi. What's your name? Rebel. Rebel. What is? Rebel Rose. 
Oh my gosh, I love that name. That is a good name, girl. And you have bears on your shirt? Yeah, you gonna show her you like animals too? Yeah. Mm, how old is she? She's four. Oh, that's such a fun age. And then you have a two-year-old? Uh, nope, so Three. seven, five, and four. Oh, seven, five, and four. I can't see no long time yeah. I turned four on my birthday. You did on your birthday. You turned four. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite age. Four, five, and seven. Aw. I miss that age. Yeah, we're driving. Her. Yeah, so she, she loves motorcycles, four-wheelers, all those things. Yeah, and then what's your other one's name? That's Rebel. And then what's the middle one? Rebel Ace. Rose. Ace. Yep. You're Rebel, and then you have Ace. Then Axel. Axel. Axel's at yeah, school. Axel is the oldest one. Axel, Ace, and Rebel Rose. Uh, okay. Yes, he did, didn't he? Uh, which one's your most honoriest? Oh, I'd say, I'd say my oldest is the honoriest, but I'm scared of her. <laughs> so turn it on, okay? I love you. Turn it on. Oh, <laughs> that's so fun. I really miss that age. Golly, I like, I had a girl. Mm. Oh, yeah. Viking, you would have Viking braids, battle braids on her 24 Dude, stuff. I swear she would come out with glitter, though, and like Barbie dolls. And I would be like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> I'd be like, no, here, here's an AR. Like, good, let's go outside. We're going to go move some hay bales. Yeah, yeah. But hey, dude, thanks again. Like, it's been really awesome, like, just connecting with you and, like, following your journey. And so um, I just, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the laughter. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for Keep all. Doing you. Yeah, go get them. You have a, like, almost a whole basketball team in there waiting for you. Hey, we're <laughs> <there>. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right. Yeah, Bye. Sure. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Reborn podcast today with Ashley Horner. Make sure you leave us a review wherever you get your podcast fix. Um, And I will catch you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to Reborn with Ironclad. Bye. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, you don't try to fly. Rocky Rose, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we still unbreakable.